You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I'm your host, Michael Kushner, and I'm so excited that you're joining me for this episode. As always, please rate, subscribe, comment, do all that good stuff. Follow on Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at Dear Multi-Hyphenate. But please go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review if you feel inclined to do so. That helps more than you know, so... Um, it's the holiday season, so if you feel like giving something for free, a gift to me, that rhymed, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts would be, would be perfect. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, the public theater. I saw uh, plays for the play year last night by Susan Laurie Parks. I saw the closing performance, and I'm hungover from crying. Uh, it was a three-hour play. It felt like five minutes. It was, but it also felt like two years because it was, you know, a play written for every day of the um, pandemic. And, you know, I was talking with Susan Laurie Parks, who I hope to have on the podcast one day. I should, I should, I should work on that. I should get to work on that. Um, I was talking with her and, you know, I said, uh, trauma doesn't always look like what we think it looks like and it was really apparent in the show because I was crying at these things that I hadn't thought about in two years where I thought one aspect of it was sad and it was another aspect where it was it was empowering and that's what made me cry or it was relatable and that's what made me cry you know as a COVID long hauler I had never seen myself represented on stage yet because you know it's so it's still so fresh but having a character go through the things that I did so specifically. And, you know, a lot of people didn't believe me, still don't believe me that uh, of the things that I'm experiencing as a COVID long hauler. But I saw it on stage and, you know, you could read any science journal. Well, I don't mean to speak in the general you, but I can read any science journal or any report. And yeah, that's all well and good, but it's not until you see yourself reflected on the stage that it feels real, that it feels like truth and fact. So congratulations to Susan Laurie Parks, the cast, creative team, crew of plays for the plague year at the Public Theater. I'm, I'll never, ever forget it. Also, for new listeners, just a reminder that I 
teach a workshop called Multi-Hype, which is designed for new budding established multi-hyphenates to strengthen their multi-hyphenate career in the theater, television, and film industries. Um, we don't just uh, lecture you or <laughs> give you words of wisdom. We actually take an idea that you have and by the end of the week workshop help you come up with tangible um, steps to do it in life but also things that would go with it marketing materials um, graphics things like that you literally leave the workshop with things to help you pitch and market and create um, and our next session starts on January 2nd I co-teach this with Ashley Kate Adams and Kimberly Faye Greenberg and it's virtual so you can take it anywhere um, but I hope uh, to see you there we have limited availability um, you could you could message me on Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at your multi hyphenate and you can also email at email us to sign up at um, what's our email <laughs> multi hype workshop at gmail.com okay let's move on to the episode I can't believe I'm saying this but I have Sarah Jones as my guest and I've loved Sarah Jones since my grandma saw Bridge and Tunnel on Broadway and wouldn't stop talking about it. And I'm so curious as to who this woman was and what she was doing on Broadway in this one-person show. Sarah Jones is known as a master of the genre by the New York Times. She is a Tony Award-winning solo performer, writer, comedian, and activist. She recently made her debut as a film director with the hybrid documentary Sell by Date, in which she also stars. The film, which is executive produced by Oscar winner Meryl Streep, no big deal, world premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival and will be distributed theatrically and streaming by Cinedime this fall. Sarah Jones is mainly known for her multi-character one-person shows, including the Broadway hit Bridge and Tunnel, also originally produced by Streep, and the critically acclaimed play Sell by Date, which inspired the film. She has also appeared in various film and TV projects, which you can read about in on my Instagram, and she's also known as a one-woman global village. She's given multiple main stage TED Talks, garnering millions of views, performed for President and First Lady Obama at the White House, and given a performance at the World Economic Forum in Davis, Switzerland, as the first artist on its stage, normally reserved for heads of state. Oh, that's so amazing. In this episode, we talk about her new film, Sell by Date, and it is amazing. So please stream it now on Amazon Prime. It is, it's hilarious but thought-provoking. Eh, we get into it in the episode. Um, I am incredibly moved by what Sarah created, and I hope you watch it. Anyway, enjoy the episode. I am so glad you're here. Sarah Jones, I am so thrilled and honored that you are here with me. I... It's, I was saying briefly, you know, before we started recording, but it's just, it's such a, it's it's a universe moment. It's one of those moments where uh, it was aligned. And I will never forget 
when my grandma saw Bridge and Tunnel on Broadway and she so raved about it. And I remember, because I grew up in Florida, I remember being like a one person show, multiple characters. I was like, that sounds so so unique and different and and this and i was like i want to explore that i want to be a part of that how did she how did she do that so i started to explore you and become interested in you and your body of work and you've always been such an inspiration to me and i'm so glad that we're having this conversation today that feels amazing and i when you were like sarah jones i wanted to be like michael kushner what are we <laughs> But I love that. I love that you're, you know, I have my, my, hi there. Here's my internal grandmother, Bubby, Nana, whoever they, whatever they want to call me. And so to yours, I send, you know, to that experience you had, you know, I want to say something about how it's misbuka, but we'll just, you know, yeah. The, the funny thing about Lorraine is her <laughs> voice is so, <laughs> specific i had randy graff on my podcast once and we talked about brooklyn on the thames and that in the 50s and 60s there was a uh the there were there were the jewish women that didn't want to sound like they were from brooklyn or the bronx so they sound extra aspirate extra aspirated and over enunciated but they're still the the yiddish coming in and so when i hear lorraine and the, the gravel in her voice and I, she's all of my grandma's best friends. She's Bunny. She's Jackie. She's Kav. She's all of them. And I, when I'm watching, you know, Sell by Date, and I'm me, and I'm seeing Lorraine, I, I'm like, I know her. I know her. It's the best. She's the best. Oh well, I listen. I live with her, and <laughs> she's always there. And believe it or not, I get advice from my. You know, they're like a little internal, um, I feel like I have this moral compass in the form of these characters. I mean, you know, the thing about Lorraine is that, so Sarah, Sarah has a real aunt, had a real Aunt Rita and a real, they all, it's a longer story, but the point is that all of you young people, Sarah's uh, not as young as you, you're a real, I mean, you're a baby. But Sarah, I, you know, all of the, the generations, uh, these younger kids, to me kids, we're with you. That's all I want to say is that we're always with you. So, Michael, you know, Mazel tov, look at all of your success that you've had because you followed your bubby. <laughs> and, yeah. and now, but throw that in with the watch what you're eating. But other than that, congratulations <laughs> on all your success. Exactly. There's always are the, you eating? Yeah. What were you, what were you gonna say? Are you? Well, I was. Are, are you eating enough? Are you eating too little? What are you eating? What you know? That's the paradox yeah. of a Jewish grandmother. Is the in one breath they'll say you've gained a little weight, but here's the chocolate cake I just made. That is correct for you and only you. That's right. Oy vey, Anyway, <laughs> what? So when we met the first time, you're when I said. I, I would love to talk to you about being a multi-hyphenate. Your eyes lit up. What to you is a multi-hyphenate? What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I think there's the multi-hyphenate in my creative life, right? And in my work world, which is I 
Cell by Date is a film that was inspired by a play. I wrote the play, so I'm the writer of it and the performer of it. Um, and then I became the director of this film. So those that's a few hyphens and slashes in there for you. And then um, I've always also considered my art slash activism piece to be very important. I think, you know, all of the artists I admire most have a kind of, whether it's implicit or, you know, kind of more, they're more outspoken about it. Um, I think, especially for people, right, who come from a legacy of persecution, of injustice in our world, right, social justice movements and art have gone hand in hand for all of my, for, I have, you know, on my mom's side, Irish American, German American, a mix of Christians. I grew up with my Jewish relatives. I grew up with all of these people who one thing that they had in common with all of my black relatives and my, you know, people from the Caribbean, people, the uh, Latinx extended family, everybody, the one thing that everybody had in common, regardless of how they immigrated to this country or, you know, where they grew up was that they were hyphenated Americans. They didn't get to be just oh, I'm just American. No, you were something else. You were Jewish, you were black, you were, you know, you had already this kind of hyphenated existence. And so it also means that to me, like my multi-hyphenate um, culture, cultural background. And then I think it also, I've been doing a lot of work, like personal, you know, therapeutic work with something called uh, internal family systems, it's fascinating to me. It posits that the normal workings of the human mind are many parts. And it's right there in our language, right? It's like we sit down and say, well, a part of me really wants to have the rugula, but then another part of me says, but the waistline, you know, that we, we are naturally composites of parts. And I think that makes us all hyphenates in one way or another, multi-hyphenates, I should say. So to me, it means many, many things. My word, I love what you just said. So I always say that a multi-hyphenate is made primarily of um, the uh, of, of BIPOC artists, of women, trans people, Jews, because we don't see our uh, stories centered so often so that we have to do the work to get them centered. But I love what you just said also is the fact that those marginalized communities are, are hyphenated anyway that it's of course it's in their core it's not just about storytelling even though all of those like our communities our our people that we're from are storytellers innately we have years and years and years of stories and lineage and uh, that are passed down story aside we our identities are hyphenated i am a gay jewish american right Right, right. And we, we don't even have time for me to tell you all my, I'm a cis, you know, straight for today. We, who knows, black, you know, mixed, like, but black from a distance. Like it's a, the sentence itself is so long. And I, you know what I love too, Michael, is that it's a kind of a dance for those of us who part of the identity, um, you know, kind of the, the, um, hybridity and the, you know, multi-hyphenate-ness of all of us is superimposed from an outside world that says, here are the ways we're going to define you. Here are the markers we're going to pin on you. And then there's the part of us that, you know, self-defines as multi-hyphenate and how we negotiate that. That's kind of the, 
that's kind of the journey of my life, my work. Like, I don't want to live in reactivity. You know, I don't want to be a multi-hyphenate because I have to define myself as opposed to who you tell me I am. I want it to come from a place of, you know, more celebration of all of who I am, who we are. So there's that. I think that is so beautiful. I, I, I the multi-hyphenate to me is, oh, it is, it is a, a comes out of a place of need to tell story of, of, of survival in that way. But now in the 21st century, it is a lucrative foolproof way of theater business because for me, it is a way of small business creating and figuring out how my stories can garner an income. And I just started teaching uh, theater business at Strasbourg with NYU. And <laughs> one of my students really was upset with me at when I said, um, when I was going through like the four questions, it's like very Jewish, right? The four questions that I ask myself when it's like, if you are considering yourself, if you're considering to add a hyphen and that's, does it bring you joy? Is there a paper trail? Um, are you paid? Are you paid? And does it affect the other hyphens? And they were like, well, if I, if I don't get paid for it, does that not make me an artist? I was like, no, 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 not at all. Because there's art in all things. What I'm talking about from a business perspective is if you don't get paid for it, do you identify that as a multi-hyphenate in your artist way? There's art in whatever we do and just existing. But the multi-hyphenate business approach to me, and we're gonna we're gonna start talking about why, um, the why statement, the overall why, the super objective, all of that stuff. But knowing how our heart and our intention comes through what we do in our hyphens creates a specific journey a it creates a specific product output that cultivates an audience that buys what we're putting out there it's lucrative to me um and that's what i'm trying to do with this podcast that's what i see you doing with with sell by date with with the with the stuff that you put with the projects the art that you put out is that it has purpose and I buy it. I buy a ticket to it, baby. You know, <laughs> I love it. I, you know, it's funny. So, okay, here, we'll take it back to Lorraine for a second. Okay. Hello. So, hi. So I just wanted to throw in a couple of words that I think are important because the young people, and they don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be Jewish for this, but the idea of tzedakah, right? The idea of tikkun olam, if you're familiar, mm -hmm. the idea is that because we are here, Part of how we show gratitude for our survival, the miracle that some of us are still here or have descent, you know, the fact that we're still here in spite of, don't make me the Ganevisha stickler, I can't. Anyway, what I'm trying to say here is that the, the, I've heard it said that your service that you give is the rent you pay for being here on the planet for the time that you have. So if you can, I know the kids talk about monetize this and bup, 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 and Sarah, she doesn't like when I do this, but the people can stream sell by date on the Amazon and the Apple and all the places. 
because we want people to find it. We hope that it can be of service to the maximum number of people. The holidays are coming. It's cheaper than socks. And it'll to buy, buy, sell by date and send it to you. Some of your relatives may not be ready because it talks about women and sex and power and all of this. But we have to be ready to talk about it, even at my age, if we want a better world. So anyway, that's the point. You must, uh, I know that people, here, let me let myself talk about this part. <laughs> the idea that art and commerce, this is a, right, this is a long, since mm -hmm. the Medici's, the question of whether your art is pure, if you're, you know, the whole um, kind of uh, starving artist mythology, right, is that we sort of have to be tortured. And I, I spent so much time in the theater believing that my work wasn't virtuous if I was getting paid for it. I had to prove with my blood, sweat, and deprivation, mm -hmm. <laughs> self-deprivation, that I really cared about my art. And what that does is it depletes me. It makes me less able to share my, you know, what I uniquely have, which everyone uniquely has, <clears throat> you know, gifts that only they can give, right? To put it the way Lorraine might. So one of the things I wanna say also, okay, this is, hi, it's me, Bella. Hi, Michael. Hi, Bella. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here because I remember you from like the ACLU event that we did. And, um, I have to do the cough button thing for a second. That's okay. Also, I just want to say, Bella, thanks for following me on Instagram. I'm glad we're mutuals now. <laughs> and also, I love your uh, your side part. Your side part in uh, Sell by Date is really cute. First of all, I told Sarah Jones, like, the side part is everything. Yeah. Like, it's people don't, they don't realize there's, like, an existential commentary that's happening mm -hmm. because it's actually a part that's far to the left. Um. But also in addition to that, no, I'm just, I'm, it actually, like, I tried to like, whatever. The point is that I'm dead. I feel like for like certain generations, the idea of like, you have to be like, um, yeah, but if you want to be taken seriously as an artist, then you can't be on TikTok. And I just want to disabuse people of that notion, like actually you can do both and you should, and you have to at this point. So it's just kind of, I mean, I've been trying to tell Sarah Jones, like her TikTok is tragic, but um, I feel that like the conversation you're having with your students, which by the way, like I would totally audit that class if you would have me. Um, I'm love still that. a freshman, but I would love to, I feel like I'm a precocious, like I've done several summers of, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, in terms of theater, like as an art form, it's sort of like, it's our responsibility to like find whatever our various lanes are and like occupy those with like, like, I don't wanna, you know, my mom is always like, oh my God, where do you have all this unearned confidence? And it's like, well, why do you have like low self-esteem? Like just, you you know what I mean? Like not to like, whatever it's, I just feel like generationally, I would love to see more people like boldly, like not if you, if you're, if what you're doing is trash, then everyone's gonna know that. It's kind of like your point, like, I feel like it's in the four questions, which I totally love. Yeah. Um, but like, if your work is like, if, what is that Martha Graham quotation Sarah Jones is always talking about? Like, right? Like there's a, there is an expression that is uniquely yours. And if you don't get it, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing. If you don't put it out there, it'll be lost. And like, you don't want to be like on the hook for that. That's like, yeah, that would just be like rude. Bella, I just want to say that you are an old soul and like, you know, <laughs> careful of what you say about Sarah Jones's TikTok because like 
you, she is employing you, so you don't want to like throw her under the bus completely. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, no, Ella I, doesn't care. She's fully like, yeah, Sarah would never. She, I tell her whenever she aggresses me, like she's always telling me when I aggress her. Anyway. I love, I love it, and 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 <laughs> Lorraine makes incredible points too. It's, it's this. So TikTok is like this really strange world that I'm trying to tap in, but um, it's so random how the app pushes the videos and what's going to go viral and who's it going to be seen by. Um, I do think that our, one of our jobs as artists is to find the, is to, is to search, it's socially responsible artistry to me, is to search for people that need your words. And yeah. on TikTok, while there is an insane amount of misinformation. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. I think that is also a call for people to get on TikTok and be like, listen, this is actually how it goes. Yes. I watched, I've talked about this in like six other episodes, but it bothers me so much. One person got on TikTok and talked about investing in a Broadway show. And she was literally talking about things that don't exist. I've invested in Broadway shows before and you don't need to be accredited. There's no such thing as a Broadway investor. She was going on about like, uh, uh, about uh, nepotism and things like that. And, and I was like, there are, these rules don't exist. And you're now telling people you're dissuading them from supporting the show because of these made up misinformation misinformation yeah. which harms art right which more broadly actually harms the whole form so what so you are hopefully pushing back yes and i i but in a way that's not combative in a way right. that is so you're not gonna have a battle you're not gonna do like a, a stitch <laughs> and, a right i'm not gonna like stitch and be like listen I just have to talk about this for a sec. No, I will just continue to put out video that is factual and yeah. from my own experience, because those videos are not her experiences. Um, from my own experiences and just go, and if someone goes, well, what's the truth? And then I go, this is my experience is exactly what I've experienced and here are the receipts. Uh, yeah. There's nothing more. Paper trail. Paper trail, baby, number two yeah. or three, whatever I said, but it's one of the four questions. Paper trail and even... Um, anyway, that's uh, that. I think TikTok is scary, but it's also one of those roads that we might have to start taking. And and that's the scary thing about being an artist, especially in today's day and age, because now we are finding our art not just in a proscenium theater, not just in a movie theater. Now it's on streaming services. Now. Right it's on our phone. Now it's in places that we didn't necessarily exist. But speaking of streaming services, I want to talk about sell by date. Um, I have a whole note on my phone open because I literally sat there just like taking copious notes based on what I was experiencing. Oh, I want to see this note. I want to see this compilation I, of thoughts. I, 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 I will send it to you. I sent it to uh, Thomas, who's on your team. But I, I was literally in the shower and I was like, oh, I should send these notes to Sarah before we do the um, we do the interview. But I will send these to you after so you could see. But um, I was so moved by this piece. Uh, I thought it was not only so innovatively shot, from a technical standpoint, but 
the questions and the topics that you talk about are stunning. Um, and Lorraine makes a good point. Maybe not every one of her friends, maybe not everyone at my grandma's table at North Shore Towers um, for brunch is going to see it. But uh, but I think it is an incredibly important conversation to have. But you, what blew my mind in this incredible way, and if you don't mind me saying so, is I'm a huge proponent of the why. Why do you do what you do? And when I talk to my students or people that take my workshops and stuff like that, and we work on the why and figuring out what the core sentence is for that hour, for that minute, for that day, I think people are like interested to see where that takes them. But with sell by date, for me as the audience, the whole film was created with the question of why. And I thought that it was like so exciting because not only do you have a why statement that shapes who you are as an artist, but it infers the projects that you do and how it changes from your off-Broadway run to why are you doing it in this instance, especially when life happens and there's response from community around you. I just thought that was so brilliant. I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but. Thank you. Thank you. I Well, I love, thank you. I gratefully received the feedback, first of all. And it, you know, we were just talking about TikTok and the scariness, right? The sort of, for people um, who live in a context of live, interactive, generative, very human, connected, writing, performance, emoting, like all of the work that we do in the theater, mm-hmm. you know, taking it and chopping it up and giving it to an algorithm is sort of the polar opposite of everything most of us have been, you know, groomed in the best sense of that word. God, you can tell I've, I've been working on this topic for too long, but yeah. in a film, you know, sell by date, it tackles themes of women and sex and power in this, you know, modern marketplace that we all live in. And also like, you know, the sex industry and like, what is that? And there's a continuum, right? Like I don't say it in the film, but every, you know, wholesome family who goes to Hooters and takes their kids to get some wings, you're having the wings, but you're definitely getting a side of some sex industry with those wings. And I think as a society, we sort of, it's taboo. We don't talk about it, but it's everywhere. It's, you know, I can't tell you how many, you know, women who apply for a job with me, they're also like, yeah, if I have to, I'll just do seeking arrangements or like OnlyFans or whatever. Some guy will look at my feet and I'm like, oh, this is actually everywhere. Like, you know, if people don't think they're ready to watch this film, like especially, you know, older folks or if they have kids, I want to be like, check your kids browsing history on their phone. I promise you, you would rather watch this film and hopefully be entertained and open up a conversation than pretend this isn't here, right? So there's that piece. But in terms of not wanting to give too much away, I hope people watch it, but there was a whole backlash around the film. Speaking of social media, it it kind of brought everything that I am scared of into one kind of streamlined, terrifying experience that was a direct, that directly impacted my art. I mean, people threatened to cancel me. It was a whole thing. And I just thought, wow, this is the, this is the kind of um, 
artist's condition, right? We talk about the human condition, but I feel like this is the working artist's condition is that you're doing the best you can to be in community, to make, you know, work that is hopefully, um, you know, of service to the people you know will be served. And yet the slings and arrows look very different these days. It's like, you know, one false move and you're dead. I think I say that in the film. That's the feeling as artists now. It's like, what if I say this? And, you know, what if, God forbid, it goes viral and blah. And I think it's always difficult to be creative, but to be creative in that context takes incredible um, therapy. <laughs> I did so much therapy as part of this. And I really hope that, I mean, I've learned so much. I learned to be uncomfortable. I learned that I'm not always going to be the most liked, but if I can create something that expresses, you know, what I'm trying to say in a way that reaches people who aren't just the converted, right? Like it's a conversation about, like, I think anybody who calls themselves a feminist hopefully we'll see how relevant this film is along the gender continuum, regardless of background, religion, like where wherever people are in the world, I think if we care about the social justice issues that we all claim to care about, especially since George Floyd and we're seeing the rise of anti-Semitism everywhere, you know, as we look at anybody who's anti-humane, I feel like this movie kind of, you know, inevitably in an intersectional way speaks to like, how can we value each other more, including with our art? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amazing. You now you mentioned George Floyd and antisemitism and antisemitism directly correlates to our ancestors and those that we've lost in the Holocaust or recent events. I mean, there's so much. And you say there well, there is a, a line said in the film that is resisting is how you honor the people you've lost. And I feel that this film is an is a reflection of resisting. And it is honoring the people that we've lost, Jewish people to genocide, Black people to um, to uh, to racism, to police brutality, to people in the sex industry. This story, this film, it humanizes the people that we feel might, I don't mean to speak in a general we, I'm speaking in like a we-we, um, that I feel it was a choice. It was, oh, they're getting their kicks or they're, they found it to be interesting. They're understanding why certain people go into the industry and why they can't get out. It's extremely humanizing. It was extremely educational and it was entertaining as well. 
Thank you for saying that because I think the hope, and it's funny, I'm getting to do your pod. I feel like it's all, all roads lead back to like you or the ACLU or Busy <laughs> Phillips or I don't know how, but I got, I did Busy's pod recently and she said one of the, you know, everybody who watches the film and shares their feedback with me is a gift. It's always a gift to me to hear the experience. And she said, it's a fun watch. And I was like, I like that. I really like that. Like that, you know what I mean? Because there's a part of me that's like, oh my goodness, it's, you know, it's so different than anything I've seen. Um, we called it, it's a documentary, but it's a hybrid narrative, you know, and I think there are people who've been doing this in the theater for a long time, kind of playing with genre and, you know, media as you can bring it into a, a you know, a space with an audience. And I really kind of, I think, informed by that, had a naive you know, I was like, let's just make a new thing. And people were like, um, Sarah, this doesn't exist. Like there's no, this isn't a genre that exists. And I was like, okay, let's call it an unorthodox. It's an unorthodox documentary. But I mention all of this because I think it gets to be both. And we get to have, it's fun. It's funny. I, 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 I still laugh at a couple of things. Lorraine makes me laugh. Um, me and too. I know her so well. Oh, it's, she cracks me up, but also I'm going to be her in like 40 years, but um, the other piece is that, yeah, this is, I hope it connects us. I hope it reminds people of like, oh my God, I thought about, you know, stripping in college. Like for a second, I was like, yeah, then why not? Like, you know, I'm feminist, but I'll, it'll be ironic. Why not? And I don't want to stigmatize or slut shame anybody. This is not about like, oh my God, you know, people are bad or wrong. It's none of that. Like I'm hoping it's a judgment free zone as much as possible in which to unpack some stuff that either we never talk about because we think it's not relevant to us or it's too taboo. So we kind of sweep it under the rug. Hopefully this is a way to like approach the conversation in a way that's temporarily maybe a little uncomfortable, like what is this? And then hopefully delivers, it's kind of like going to the gym, but like mm -hmm. to do something you love, like, yes, at first you're like, do I have to go to the gym? But then you're like, oh my God, I am glad I did that. That's what mm -hmm. I hope. I hope I just described my film as like a workout. And I don't know if like, that's really what I want to, to say, but. <laughs> I, I, un it, I understand what you're saying in terms of like, wow, getting out of bed and doing this yeah. thing that is going to take a lot of brain power and time in my day, everyone says is going to be worth it. And, and I'm telling myself that it's going to be worth it, but I don't. But going is the is the hard part. And then when you're there, it doesn't matter where it is. It could be the gym. It could be whatever. But getting there is the hard part. And when you arrive is the rewarding part. And also the after effects. Now, the speaking of the after effects, it's like, the, like I don't know when digesters of art expected the creators to be immaculate, perfect people. I don't know because that's sort of we're not and uh, we're human. We're human. And just because we were given a platform doesn't mean that all of our past goes away or all of our mistakes go away or that we're not going to continue to make mistakes. I, I just hope that when people see this film as well, they check how harshly they are judging someone. Or themselves. Or themselves. That I re that I really got that I I have to say you're echoing part of what came up during the film and we have it's an unusual thing right it's like 
Rosario Dawson pops up and, you know, Ilana Glazer and Brian Cranston, like people who you're like, wait, what's going on? You know? But the reasons they're all there, part of it is, right, Ilana is a great example of someone who wears her politics very proudly as an artist. It's like, a you know, an integral part of her funny is also her like being a wakeful, you know, person who cares about accountability. And so everything you're saying, it very much, I hope, the film feels like, and I hope, let, let me dial back the gym thing. It's more like, all right, you don't have to get off your couch. You have to click on Amazon or, you know, whatever, Apple. And it is, I think there is something about like being willing to do the work. And I think we're a new, like this generation, I think there are people who are like, okay, I literally like only want to watch, you know what I mean? Like people who are just like, okay, we're just doing Love is Blind. Like I need something that's like just completely requires no thought, no offense. I've, I've clearly, I'm also, a, and there are those, there's that kind of theater, there's that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, television and film, and that has its value, absolutely. But I think for those of us who are like, I don't want to feel like the world is just, as you know, the expression I love is shit NATO. I don't want to feel like I live in a world that's a shit NATO and I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just kind of like putting on my little shit shield and like walking around and pretending it's cool. Like for people who are like, hey, you know, like Roe v. Wade, Dobbs, that matters. Like, you know, like our LGBTQ family matters. Um, like if we are those people who are trying to be wakeful and, you know, like be like stand on the shoulders of the ancestors who we're lucky enough to so, you know what I mean? Like we come from people who survived the impossible. And so to not use the platforms we have to try to um, create a world that maybe they couldn't even have imagined where there's that much freedom, that much expression, that much beauty, that much connection and vulnerability and honesty. Okay, it's a little bit more work than Love is Blind, but I still believe that for you know most people who, who are thoughtful and care, I hope that this film will like, you know, make them feel like they had a, a a lovely little soul workout, but like that was enjoyable. You know, think of it as you know, less less uh, marathon and maybe more kind of something delightful that you would do with Gwyneth Paltrow on Goop or something. Well, let's talk <laughs> about that. I mean, uh, I there's the, there's an episode where she has a medium on, and I actually signed up. I loved her so much that I signed up to work with her out in Long Island. But oh it was God. April of 2020, and I signed up in February of 2020, and then something oh, no. called a pandemic happened. Oh, no. But the, the ayahuasca episode was crazy. Like, I, I can't I, I can't do ayahuasca. I'm too sensitive. But um, Same, 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 same. But Bake Off serves a purpose. Bake Off it is, really does. It is marijuana on TV. You just go. It really you know, is. It really is. And can I bring in, because I, you haven't met Nereda yet, but she wanted to make sure she's like, how come I don't get to talk to Michael? So let me just introduce, I am also in the film. Hi, my name is Nereda. I'm excited to be here. Hi, Nereda. Um, hi. And um, I always tell people, you know, like I'm half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, all proud. So I am definitely a multi-hyphenate. Um, but also like you're saying, you know, like, it's like, I come from people. Yes. We have to talk about kids in cages still going on. Hi. Like, you know what I mean? Just because it's out of the news cycle doesn't mean it's not impacting a lot of us. The devastation that is caused to certain communities because of certain policies, it is real. And we have to talk about it. 
And at the same time, you better believe like bake off all day when I need it. You know what I mean? Like we are multifaceted, multi-hyphenates, and we need in our art and in our culture that balance that allows us to be human and show up for the work. So yes, you know, I, I just want to say like, I am here for the whole range of it. And in Sell by Day, you will see, I have my very strong opinions about why do some people have privilege? You know, some people, you know, they have their opinions that they form without thinking about marginalized people. Mm -hmm. So I, what I love is that it gets to be a, a multi-hyphenate conversation. It's like a Greek chorus, everybody just kind of, you know, weighing in. Nareva, I have a question for you. You sort of serve- Oh, I on him. Okay. <laughs> in the film, you sort of serve as the conscience for Sarah and the not the devil's advocate but you're thinking what about these people you, you know it's not just a one size fits all as a person of color as someone who is in a marginalized community <clears throat> do you feel that you have to do that with other people in other situations not just with Sarah in this film but with other people and how does that feel having to be someone that is constantly required to do that? Thank you for that question, Michael, because you know what's so interesting is that I, I mean, especially coming from commu a community where we have a history of colonialism, of course, you know, the genocide you speak of, like it, it's like we, I know how devastating it is to have a like legacy generations of the people who were perse persecuted behind me they're living in such fear, you know, their heart rate never goes down, right? Like we, it literally affects our lifespan. It's like, we, we live in a state of, you know, feeling under siege in so many ways. And it is frustrating to feel like, oh my God, I wish I could just be free. Like some days I want to wake up and just not have to be a crusader against like, you know, the ridiculous policies that my tax dollars are paying for, because thank you, I pay taxes. And the prejudice that I experienced because somebody sees my name on a resume and they assume that they're going to know, you know, because I have an accent that I, I, I want to be like, I have an accent because I speak two languages, actually going on three. What about you? Like, I always want to be like, turn that on its head and see how much, you know, you are devaluing because you don't know and you don't understand. I wish that I could just have a relaxed day of nothing but bake off or maybe like a relaxed year or two. And I understand when I hear people of color who say, I just want to go, you know, live on an island somewhere and not have to be the poster child for this issue, that issue. I don't want to have to have my language perfect because, you know, like, is it Latinx today? Is it Latine? You know, yo no sé. Like, I'm, you know, I'm exhausted. So, yes, it's very real that in a certain way to be a multi-hyphenate when it comes to, and really, let's be honest, marginalized, right? Or oppressed, like traditionally marginalized groups this is what white supremacy and colonialism and all of these things have put on us. We didn't ask for that. I would love to be skipping through the daisies someplace, you know, but it comes back to that idea that all art is political. And I believe that if your art is apolitical, you have the luxury to not make any kind of statement or, you know, communicate any kind of ideas to your audience because you're comfortable where you are, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, felicidades, like congratulations to you that you get to live like that. But a lot of us, not the, you know, we don't have the choice. So that's what I would say to that. Now I just want to go to a spa. <laughs> Renewing spa, 25th and 8th. I love I, them. I mean, send me the thing, but you know, no thing. I don't have, I don't have time because I'm an activist. You, you know, most activists are not getting enough massages. I can tell you that right now. Ain't that the truth. And, mm -hmm. and being, you know, being queer and now Jewish in, in this day and age, it's, it, it, uh, 
and someone being black, someone being Asian, someone being Latinx, existing is a protest. And protesting is exhausting. There, ergo, existing, existing is exhausting. Existing is exhausting. <laughs> Can we start calling it ex exhaust? Like I'm having an existential crisis, ex existential crisis, exhausting sense. I don't, I, I can't even talk now. Now I don't have any languages. My Spanish is gone. My English is gone. <laughs> Consider that stolen. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm having an, 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 an exhaust, an, ex, an exhaustential crisis. That's what it is. It yes. Existential is we are existentially in so, crisis. Now I would like I would like to talk to your friend Nereva. Thank you so much for joining. But I would also like to talk to your friend Sarah because I want to say thank you so much for for all of you, um, Bella, mm -hmm. Lorraine, for all of you coming on Dear Multi Infinite today. Uh, this conversation is a great. We recorded this going into the Thanksgiving break. This is a great way to sort of rest and regroup and energize for for what is needed of us to simply exist. So thank you for being here with me in this in this space. And I am forever indebted to you as inspiration. And I will continue to follow you wherever you need me to follow you. And please, 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 please head to Amazon Prime and stream Sell By Date now. It's streaming now and it's incredible. Thank you, Michael. Giving thanks for you. You're the absolute best. Now, happy holidays and see you soon. Thanks for ev everyone for listening. As a reminder, please rate, subscribe, comment, do all that stuff. Follow Sarah Jones on social media. What's your handle? What's your Instagram handle? Yes, I'm Sarah Jones. Yes, I'm Sarah Jones. And uh, that's it. Bye. <laughs>